The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes towards his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord. celebrate this sixth Sunday in the ordinary time. The tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Marjorie and Laville. Second collection today is for the building fund. Continuing with our announcements about the parish census communication initiative, last week we uh, encouraged everyone to pick up the bulletin and give it a good read on the why and what for. Uh, and so this week we have the information in the bulletin for you to, to be able to actually take the actions that we're encouraging of you. So I'd ask everyone today uh, as you leave Mass to make sure that every family picks up uh, one of the bulletins that has uh, the registration form information inside. The registration form itself uh, is that we're asking every, uh, everyone to fill that out, every family to fill that out. Uh, if you are uh, if you're, uh, an adult, 21 years of age or older, uh, but still living with your parents, uh, you ask, we ask you to fill one out separately as well. Uh, and so. Uh, basically what it is, is that with the registration, it's for us because, you know, sometimes we call people's home and uh, their home phone was connected three years ago. Or we send the mail and it comes back to us and we wasted our postage, money, uh, these kinds of things. And, and so some of it's uh, mainly just to clean up our books, uh, to clean up our accounts, to make sure that we have accurate information uh, on the families that, we, that are entrusted to our care here at St. Agnes. Uh, and so they have uh, on, the, on the top of the registration form three little check boxes. One is uh, updating. So if you're updating your information, if you're already a parishioner here, feel free uh, to be able to check the updating box and simply to, uh, to mark whatever is relevant there for you. Uh, if you would uh, like to become a parishioner of St. Agnes, I uh, would certainly be happy to, to receive you. Uh, there are, uh, I know we have some families who come here for a little while, uh, you know, and, and uh, maybe officially registered elsewhere, uh, but, that, uh, but that have been coming regularly to St. Agnes. Uh, and so I invite you to, to consider becoming official parishioners of the parish. Uh, so it's kind of a, a membership drive, too, if you will. Uh, and so, again, the information present there. And we recognize also that there are some who are parishioners elsewhere and, and, and remain there and are, are frequently there, uh, but that still have a connection here at St. Agnes. Uh, and so I invite you to fill out uh, and check the uh, Friend of St. Agnes uh, uh, box for us still to be able to, to keep in touch with you uh, about important events and things in the parish. 
On the back of the registration form is the talent tally. Uh, so it's a form where at the top of it is a variety of boxes uh, or little, little marks where you can check off uh, things, uh, particular skills that you, are, uh, that you may possess. Uh, that you might be willing to share uh, for the building up of our community. Uh, there's a whole variety of things, but some of them are uh, if you know how to sew, if you know how to paint, uh, if you're good with clerical work, if you're good with computer things, uh, these sorts of things can be certainly helpful for us uh, if we have projects that have need of those particular skill sets. Uh, there are two ladies in the office plus myself, and we still have all the, all the same uh, work and same things to do as other parishes that have 20 people full-time on staff the priest and associate and three or four deacons. So uh, we rely greatly upon uh, our volunteers. Uh, many of you who already are doing these things in our parish, I would certainly uh, love to be able to, to continue to do so uh, in the future. On that page also at the bottom, uh, there are a variety of, of ministries and things that take place. Uh, regrettably, we, uh, I neglected to include the, uh, the parish choir on there. Uh, they are typically at the, at the Latin Mass, but they do English Masses, Sunday Masses, and, and, uh, and Holiday Masses through the year as well. Uh, so if anyone's interested, I'd certainly encourage you to, to mark that down there, to write it in, uh, uh, so you can uh, write that down there as well. We recognize that there are many of you who have more than one person in the household, and we'd still like to get everyone's talents, but not just all smashed together so we don't know who does what. Um, and so on Monday morning, tomorrow morning, uh, on the parish website, we will have it available. The talent tally will be available on the, on the website itself. So you can go on and, and check the boxes there that will send an email to us. Uh, and so you don't, have to, you don't have to get tons of papers to send them all in. You're welcome to. We do have extra forms um, next to the bulletins by the exits of the church. And so we'd ask you to, to uh, take part in those things as well as to, to sign up for the flock note as well to be able to get information out to our parishioners. And uh, again, it would be a great help if you would, if you would uh, be able to do this within the next few weeks. Um, after the next few weeks, then we, have to, we want to, to pick up the, uh, our parish rolls, and then we'll have to start calling people. Uh, so we'd love to, to save the time, to save the trouble of trying to make those connections. It would be really helpful just to be able to get the paperwork in on the front end. You may have noticed, or you may not have noticed, this week in our Blessed Porta Potty has been uh, joined... Uh, by fencing uh, and our materials on the, for the church roof uh, that are up there. And so uh, looking forward to, to being able to continue to see more and more progress on our cafeteria uh, roof and the HVAC units uh, in the days ahead. If you caught me as you were coming in, uh, if, I was, uh, if I was vested in, in violet garments, you might have been a little bit confused and thought, I thought we had another three or so weeks before Lent, three or four more weeks of king cakes at least, right? And maybe some people got, got really nervous, like, did I miss Ash Wednesday? Uh, you know, it's kind of the kind of query that might have come up. Uh, but the reality is that uh, in the traditional Mass, in which we just celebrated the 915, uh, three weeks prior to Ash Wednesday, the three Sundays prior to Ash Wednesday, are actually a, a, a liturgical season known as Septuagesima. It's a season of, uh, you know, 40 days for Lent. Quadragesima is the Latin for that season. So they back up and then have 50, 60, and 70 Sunday. Uh, so 70 days approximately before um, Easter. Uh, the church in the traditional rite would start celebrating Septuagesima, a season that kind of helps to, to get you geared up for the Lenten season, right? It's, it's not uncommon for us whenever, whenever Ash Wednesday comes 
to be able to, to then start thinking about, because, you know, Ash Wednesday can kind of sneak up on us. And then, and then we start thinking about what we need to do for Lent, and then maybe we'll get it finalized by the first week of Lent after we're already kind of a week in. And then we kind of start getting into the, into, the, into the rhythm of things. So that takes another week or two really to, to kind of to get in the groove. And then Lent's halfway done before we actually kind of feel comfortable doing it. And so part of the reality is that the church and uh, her wisdom, uh, you know, was, was giving the, the faithful kind of this, this visible sign uh, that Lent is coming. Not a lot changed liturgically other than the vestment color and a few other things, uh, but it was a, a, a reminder that Lent is soon to be able to prepare ourselves. And although we don't have that season here at this Mass, we do have a readings, a set of readings that do give us a similar kind of emphasis they do call our mind to the, the, the nearness of Lent if we are attentive to the words that are given to us. Usually when we hear uh, the Beatitudes, we hear them from the fifth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. It's the, the ones that are often they're read for, for All Saints' Day, for All Souls' Day, uh, frequently read at, uh, at funerals and various times throughout the liturgical year. And they're the ones that continue, blessed are they, blessed are they, blessed are they, right? It goes down the list. And it concludes all of them, and, and it can seem a, a very pleasant thing, right? Because everybody loves blessings, right? Anybody not love blessings here? I didn't think so, right? So we love to, to, to think about the blessedness of things. But today we have in St. Luke's Gospel the alternative, uh, or another set of readings, another, not a set of readings, another set of beatitudes from our blessed Lord that are, kind of can shake us a bit. You know, the blessed are you, as he's, he's looking at his disciples, but he's, indeed, this can apply to all of us, as hopefully we are disciples of our blessed Lord. So he, he says, the blessed are you, and he, he goes through the four of them, and then concludes. But then he continues with the second section, woe to you. And these are ones that are meant to shake us a bit, to kind of stir us a little bit from our slumber. As we can get used to the blessed ours, um, it's a difficult thing for us to hear, woe to. It can mean the same thing. Our Lord can intend the same thing, but we hear them differently. The simple fact is, as Archbishop Fulton Sheen was often wont to say, that there are two types of people in the world, two philosophies, if you will, There are those who would rather feast first and fast later, or those who would rather fast first and feast later. Others have summarized it as such that that one would rather work first and play later, or play first and work later. This is a sort of dividing line between us, the Christian understanding of things, and that which so many in the world would have. The Christian understanding would have us fast here in this life, so as to look forward to the heavenly feast that awaits us. It would have us work here in this life, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, and look forward to the play that is the heavenly liturgy that awaits, the joy of eternal life. The world would have us to seek our pleasures here and now. The world would have us feast here and fast perhaps later, although they would not think about it necessarily as such. They would have us play first, and then work later. This is the, the reality of what would be. If we choose to be able to, to spend our time here in this life feasting rather than fasting, playing rather than working, we will have our reward, and it will not be the thing that we desire. 
Because just as one may go on vacation, if you, take a, if you take a week from work, you take a few days from work and you go off on vacation, and then you know, and in, 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 at some point during the midst of the, of the vacation, uh, even, if, even if you're able to kind of keep everything at bay, you're not getting phone calls from work, you're not getting emails from work, at some point you know within, in, the last, in the last day or so of your vacation, if not more, it starts to kind of creep in. And you start to remember all the things that are probably waiting. Maybe people are starting to make those phone calls because they've been waiting long enough and, and they're just tired of it. And they're going to they're gonna go ahead and call you and put it in your box, put it in your inbox, put it in your text box, put it in wherever so that you can be ready first thing when you come back to be able to get back to work. And on account of this, some of the joy of the vacation can easily be taken away. The lightness and freedom that, is, that vacation is meant to give to us when work looms on the back end of things is necessarily kind of, you know, the, the joy of it shrinks a bit on the end as the, the excitement, the, the, the getting away, the spending time with family, the, the whatever the thing may be, it comes to an end. And there's a sadness that can be attached to that. Rather for us here is for us to emphasize that which is good, certainly. We don't just live our lives, you know, in, in sadness and penance and all these kinds of things. We rejoice in the good, but we recognize that there is a greater good that awaits us. Whereas the world would encourage us uh, to embrace our FOMO, our fear of missing out, and therefore to do as many things as possible, to keep ourselves busy with all the things the world can offer to us, they would encourage us, at least a few years ago, to, to celebrate YOLO, you only live once, and so as to seize the day, to be able to do anything and everything that you can, to take full advantage, just like we do it during king cake season. We know king cake season only lasts for a time, so you have to eat every single piece of king cake that you can possibly get your hands on, because at some point it's not going to be here. So we might as well just fill up now, right? It's temptation for us to, to be able to, to, to gather these things and to, to always choose feasting is a certainly a temptation that we ourselves can experience in this life. But if we focus always upon that which, which brings feasting upon us, there will be a day of fasting. And if we choose that which is always play, there will be a day of work that will come. And the fasting and the work that will be ours will not be a thing that is short-term and from which there is a vacation. It will be eternal, permanent. It will be the fasting that is hell, a fasting from the joy of the Lord, fasting from being able to receive His grace, working forever in the toil of our own sin rather than in the freedom that is destined for us as children of God. This is what our Lord is encouraging us specifically in the gospel. The woe to use are meant to encourage us to pursue that which allows us to fast and to work here and now. In a sense, we can see it almost in the, a shadow of the Lenten season creeping in in the four things that are present here. Our Lord says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. This is an invitation for one who has to be able to give. We call it almsgiving. To be able to take that, to what, that which we possess, whether it's in financial things or otherwise, and to be able to give to others who are in need to ensure that we do not simply try to take for ourselves. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. For those who are full of stomach, an invitation to fast, to give up a bit here and there of our food. 
to fasting, abstaining, these sorts of things, that are able to pick up the cross. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. This seems to me an, an invitation really to the silence of prayer, not to simply to immerse ourselves in, in all the, 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 the activities and things of this life, but to make sure that we do set aside that time for our blessed Lord to be able to rest in silence, to rest in Him. And lastly, woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way, is an invitation to service. Whereas if we are continually feasting and playing, it can very, very easily become a tempting thing for us to, to, to draw upon ourselves and to seek our own happiness. Rather, Christ would teach us and encourage us to seek the happiness of others, to be able to serve others, not to look for, for the applause or for the praise, but willing to embrace humility and love of the other. This is what our Lord offers to us today. This is what he presents to us. And indeed, although, again, we are not in the Lenten season, it is coming soon. And it's for us to prepare well, to contemplate these things. How is it that we live well today? Indeed, we can, again, celebrate the good, but also the call, where is it that we may be giving alms? Where do we fast? When do we pray? How do we serve? To contemplate these things and to ask our Lord to give us the courage to follow after him more and more, to take them up now, yes, but also to continue to prepare our hearts for the Lenten season, for that time of extraordinary grace poured out upon the church, that we might be able to seize it well, to take full advantage of all that the Lord has in store. Looking forward to the day of feasting that awaits.